Uh, we all knew this was going to happen eventually. The Rangers weren't going to play perfect hockey the entire season, and now they find themselves in the midst of a 1-3 and three mini slump following their loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. It's time for us to see how this team does in the face of adversity, especially since Igor Shosturkin has been kind of mediocre since his return. So we're going to talk about the goaltending. We're going to talk about Blake Wheeler having his best game as a Ranger. And we'll also get into our thoughts on the third kit. There's some hot takes coming up on this episode, folks. You're not going to want to miss out. All that and much more are coming up on Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. And it starts right now. Welcome back to the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hartz. As always, we're joined by former Ranger Brian Boyle, New York Post Rangers beat writer, Miss Molly Walker. And look, we're just going to get right into it. The Rangers are in a little bit of a funk here since we last spoke. Um, this is the first time we've spoken since they've lost back-to-back games. And now they're in a one-in-three little mid-season crisis, which, hey, look, again, there's not going to be smooth sailing through the entire season. You knew this this little bumpy stretch was going to come. Um, but it's, it's again, like we've spoken about in the past podcasts, it's good that's happening now after the Rangers have built up this whole little lead they have in the Metro, in the East. So they, they're still going to be okay. We're here to talk you off the ledge where we don't want anybody jumping. We, you know, like like I think Molly said last podcast, I forgot which Ranger player said it. Nobody's cat died. Truba, dog died. Nobody's dog died. Jacob Truba, it's, it, it's all going to be No one fun. cares if your cat dies. <laughs> yeah, it's the dogs. <laughs> They've got eight other lives. It's, it's, it's totally fine. Sorry to the cat lovers. Listening. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's in one today. <laughs> Making he's, just, he's coming with all the hot takes. You'll, yeah. you'll hear. You'll hear. Oh, there's plenty of hot takes to warm us up now that it is officially winter. It's cold here in New York. Molly, I know, has been all over the place in the winter uh, uh, great north up in Canada. But uh, here in New York, we're starting to feel it now. But um, let's let's get into last night's game. Um, they lost to the Maple Leafs. And, um, you know, look, it's again, it's going to look ugly because they gave up um, a few uh, empty netters. Uh, but the guys just didn't really answer. Um, they went down early, 3 nothing. Give them credit. They fought back. They were down a goal going into the third period, um, which, again, you like to see. That's 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 been a calling card to this Ranger team. Uh, but, Brian, let me start with you. What exactly is going on with this Rangers team right now? They seem to be in a little bit of a funk. There's some goaltending where it's a little shoddy, some slow play. What are you seeing out there? Well, I mean, I think with all the success, there had to be sort of a regression. You can't go... You know, 75 and 8. Is that right? <laughs> 75 and 7. Math. Bad math. There we math. go. Math. <laughs> math, my friend. No, I'm right. Oh, like you, you can't. They, yeah, they have. Um, look, they they built up all this equity. Like you said, there is. there is. I don't know. We've done this. Anal- I've done this analogy. But you buy a house. You build this nice house. You, you put insurance in it because of days like this. They keep trying to win games when they're on that heater because there's going to be a lull in the season at some point. A big win against L.A. But again, that's a structured team. And you can almost play to your structure better when you're playing against a structured team. Uh, the Leafs, the Leafs are different. And if you're it's off okay. your game a little bit in terms of how you're going to defend, or if you've played a lot of hockey in a short amount of time, they're going to expose you because of the weapons they have. They're an explosive team and a creative one. So if you saw them do something for three games in a row, say on their power play, well, they might have 
three or four other clubs in their bag that they can throw at you if you take that one thing away because of the dynamic offensive players that they have. So again, if you're not quite right with your game, you know, that's you're going to get exposed. And they did in the first and give them credit for coming back. But then in the third, it was there weren't a ton of shots on net when I looked up in the third period, but I was it just there was so many so much happening in the game. I figured there'd be like 40 shots a piece, but it was like 22, 21 at one point. And I'm like, this mm. is this is insane. Like there's so almost chances going back and forth, which is, you know, I don't think Stanley Cup contenders or if you have those aspirations, you want to have that chaos. You you want to be a little bit more structured and pounce on the opportunities that you get from the other team's mistakes or your structure. The first period has been a bit of an issue the last couple of games. They've been outscored seven to one. Just, you know, not getting to their game right away, almost getting away from what they've been doing so well to start the season as well. I think that they've had, you know, what are they, 0-3 with Igor Mm -hmm. in the last few games. So I think that that's definitely doing something to his psyche as well. He was absolutely dejected after the game, after the Maple Leafs game. He said he he, he didn't know what to say. He really didn't know what to say. I really liked the way that Blake Wheeler was talking about it after the game. It's very similar stuff to what Brian was just saying. You need these stretches and it's not always going to be linear. It's not always going to be an upward trajectory. You're going to have adversity. Uh, I also think that we're underestimating Keandra Miller was out against the Maple Leafs. They had to rearrange the decor. If we're looking at also them being without Filipino and Capocacco, even though if you want to argue that Capocacco wasn't contributing on offense, defensively, those guys are important to the structure, to the way that they were playing earlier on in the season. Let's not forget that these two guys have been on LTIR for, for a long time now. So, and the fact that they are still where they're at, you know, that's something that, that they can hang their hats on. So, yeah, I think it's it's the first real rut of the season, if you want to call it that. But honestly, listening to Blake Wheeler, first of all, I was thinking, well, this is one of the reasons why they brought him in here. Yeah, because he sure. really he had such a such a good head on his shoulders about it and and the way that he was talking about it. it it's very much so they're so far from the panic button. I think Igor might be a little, you know, concerned for himself, but I think that the team as a whole is just fine. Everybody just breathe. And I think that, I think that Laviolette, we've talked about it before, how, how he has seen everything that the Rangers has been doing as correctable and fixable. And that is exactly what I expect him to do. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, you can only take on water for so long. Um, They got through the Fox LTIR situation pretty well. But, you know, that's why you build up that equity. Now, one of the things I was curious about, and I know players, they're never going to harper on the officials. But you mentioned the start of the third period and they went to that power play. And there was, I I believe it was interference. And then you you watch back the replay and you go. I I didn't see it. Um, uh, The Gustafson on Marner? Yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't know. It looked like Marner tripped Gustafson. <laughs> it looked like Gustafson knew where Marner was, and Marner yeah. skated into him and fell. And and then that goal, I mean, that one's not on Igor. No. But yeah. look, hey, that happens, and that'll happen in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How do you respond? Now, they had already dug themselves in a hole. They sort of dug oh. out of it, but that happens. That happens sometimes. So this is like, 
the season is you, know, you, you want to win every game. You can't. You want to finish in first place. You don't always do that. But how many teams that finish in first place win? I mean, one team wins the whole thing. So you take the lessons that you have learned throughout the year. You watch. I mean, if I'm Lavi, I'm watching my team, how they respond, how they develop, who's trending where. We speculate. That's what fans do. And that's what, you know, talking heads do. Like we're, we're going to mm-hmm. speculate as to what and the position that they're in right now. Well, it remains to be seen how they react from this. But I think, you know, I, I do. I like where they're at. I said it a month ago that they're deep. I think Blake Wheeler, I know he had a couple last night, but the yeah, third period, he, he had shifts where he was dominant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, that was the that's positive the guy. That yeah. was the positive. That's the guy. Take yeah, out of. That's the guy you got. He was flying. He yeah. took over. He was great. The game for stretches. And I was like, yes, this is this is why I was excited about this signing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Keandre Miller is becoming a bigger and bigger piece, which I fully expected him to do. I want him to be, I think there's more there too. He could be dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, with Igor, man, he had some rushes against that were just like crazy. And he made some ridiculous saves. And then it was a Truba who slid across. It's oh, that was, yeah. that was a great, beautiful play. sequence. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And those get lost in when you're writing up game reports after a loss like that and a high event loss like that. But I, I don't forget that. That was incredible. Like, but Molly, you were saying it about the rushes and I don't know if I'm jumping in too early on this. No. Mm. Those are hard things to say. Like those will get into you as, as a goalie into your head. Like, Oh my, I have to make some ridiculous save here where yeah. if the structure in front of you is good, we talked about it with, with Valley, you know, you, you play your position, you're not overtaxed and you, end of period you just made 12 saves you go back in you have a lead and, and you don't even think about it now it's like every play matters because it's such a high event thing so if they can calm that down a little bit and get get back into that structure they have too much talent not to win games all right brian here's my question to you and there's absolutely no doubt that the rangers have left igor shesterkin out to dry on several mm-hmm. occasions in the in his last few games there's this narrative, I guess you could say. And my mother, I hope she's listening. Mama Walker. Is is one of the biggest proponents of this narrative. She is convinced, as many Rangers fans are, that the Rangers play differently in front of Igor Shosturkin than they do Jonathan Quick. And <laughs> as a former player, I am just dying to hear for your take on this because I feel like it is a concept that has been discussed so many times for this Rangers team in particular, dating all the way back to Henrik Lundqvist. Mm-hmm. So please, mm-hmm. I would I would like to hear uh, your take. Yeah, no, they hate Igor. The guys in the yeah. hate. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> no, no, that narrative not, drove me nuts. That. It it's drove not, me crazy. It's not that they hate him. It's that they. It, this is the notion I'm. I'm saying. I'm speaking on behalf of you know what I see on Twitter.com and and my mother <sighs> that that they're that they're convinced that because they're so used to Igor Shosturkin making these crazy saves that they're that they naturally just play a little looser because they think yeah. that he's going to stop it. Whereas Jonathan Quick, he had kind of a rough preseason, older goaltender. They're not so sure that it's always going to, that the stop's always going to be made. That's, that's the hypothetical. Yeah. No, Please. I've heard all that. And I heard it when <laughs> I played there and I was, it was bananas to me because <laughs> yeah. Whether Hank's making the save or he's not, or Marty Buron's making the save, or Cam Talbot or Valley or whoever we had, like it still shows up the next day. Like it was my fault that the chance against happened, and mm-hmm. you know the playing time gets cut. Mm. So as, as an individual, it does not happen. Yeah. Now I will say this: Hank played against better teams. That's how it was structured when goalies played. You know, ten years ago. That's 
they played 65 games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's how it was. And sometimes we needed Hank to steal one because it was a back-to-back or a three and four. He also didn't play the puck well at all, and yep. he could not catch. Mm-hmm. So there were some chances and some plays where a simple play to the D-man would have helped mm-hmm. and a catch, a frozen puck would have, would have helped. <laughs> he made nine saves after that, and right. the garden's buzzing and everyone's saying, Henrik, and it, looking at us like, what's wrong with you <laughs> We had different when so like when Marty that one year with Marty Biron who was who was really good for us in that year he he played the puck more it was a different it was different for our D and it it helped them especially when Marty was playing the second in the back to back so it really worked perfectly now I have no issue saying that about Hank because I I, I think everyone knows how I feel about Hank and what he did and if Hank knows too Hank, yeah. Hank, Hank knows it too absolutely. <laughs> If not for Hank, I don't, I don't, I was, I was out of the league and he saved my bacon a lot of times mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then I could grow as a player. Right. So he was, I owe a lot to him and he taught me how to be a pro, mm-hmm. but that was just, his glove didn't shut. He hated it. <laughs> it was so stiff. And I'm like, just get a glove. Oh, God. Never, you know, he didn't grow up playing baseball in Sweden. That was great. You got to oil the mitt up a little bit. You got to oil the- it. <laughs> yeah. You got to, you got to, he just, he would turn it. He would go like that just, and turn it. And he was so quick. He could do it really well. I've seen it. I've seen, I remember it used to fly out of his glove too, when he would do that. Cause he would flip it. So, f- yeah. and then the puck would just jump out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that narrative, like it's, uh, yeah, it's fun to talk about and, and people can, they're going to, they're going to continue yeah. to do it. Of every, every organization true. Of course with the true, true, with the true number one, it's going to, for whatever reason, it could be the schedule. It could be just that. T- but it, I can see why it's been brought up because Quickie's mm-hmm. undefeated. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing, though. And and it's it, it's always interesting because I know you brought back a lot of memories where, you know, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Younger Andrew, back in the day, you know, when back in college, be like, God, these guys, they just they don't show up for Hank. I don't understand it. Like, why? Why the hell? You know, what, what's what, what's the boy like Hank is standing on his head every day damn game and these guys just so again uh, from 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 past andrew i i understand where you're coming from i do and and you know we we all come to realize that but but now people are going to start saying this about another potential goalie controversy which we'll get into a little more with larry but quickie has looked great mm. i mean jonathan quick is oh uh eight oh and one um now here's the thing He's 37. He is the backup goaltender. And Igor hasn't looked great since coming back from whatever minor injury he had. Um, now, people can ask and question, is Igor fully healthy? Um, or is he just in a little bit of a rut, as is the rest of the Ranger team here? I'm sure there's an analytical take about, you know, a a 37-year-old yes. goaltender who shouldn't be starting, you know, every game. But do you potentially see that being a problem moving forward where the noise is going to start to grow and it could affect Igor's psyche where it's like, you know, shoot, am I going to lose, you know, starts to Jonathan Quick, which which again, it, it would help the Rangers in theory, but does that start to hurt his psyche a little bit? If Hank didn't start two in a row, it was weird, but it did happen. And he would work with Benny for four straight days and then Hank was back, right? Mm. So what do you want? What do you want, Igor? Do you want mm. the most wins in the league or do you want to be at your best when it matters the most. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters in that room. Let's get you right, and we will go from there. That's all that they should be focused on. And again, for us and for the fans, it's fun to talk about, or maybe it's not fun to talk about. I just love what they're getting from Jonathan Quick right now. Mm-hmm. And he's 17 away from 400. And I didn't think he'd do it this year, but maybe he does it this year. The pace he's on, 
I don't know if he's going to go undefeated, but <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty remarkable to see. And the way that the goaltending has been deployed the last couple of years, teams have had success with the starter getting 50, 52 games. So don't read into it anymore. That maybe, maybe he wants to play more and work himself through it, kind of like a Vasilevsky type. No, both Russian. He's too good not to come back. And that's that's what's gonna happen. He's their guy. It's it's not gonna be sort of a, a tandem. He's their guy. You're gonna get some great wins from Quickie, and that'll hopefully position them where they need to be. And then it's a great insurance policy. I do want to talk about how great that LA game was though. Yes. For Jonathan yeah. Quick. Yeah. It was Hell yeah. It was just a Hell really yeah. just a great story in general. He played unbelievable and they were hacking at him too. And he stood up for himself Mm -hmm. and we were going around the room, you know, asking the guys what it's like to see when you're, when your goaltender sticking up for himself like that, you know, how that can rejuvenize a lineup. And it was just a, it was, it was a really fun game. I thought the Rangers looked good. We hadn't, we haven't seen them set up in that one, three, one as cleanly as they did against LA LA gave them a lot of time and space and the Rangers capitalized on it. But Jonathan Quick was was a rock for them back there too. It's been wild. This 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 the season has felt like a lot of different uh different uh tours of revenge games. You've had, you know, Lavi <laughs> with the, the the Preds and you had, you know And the Caps. And the Caps. Yeah, no, that was a bad game. It that was, was it. But he was not mm, happy. No, it's gonna game. happen. And actually, quickly, because Larry, I know, is here. We're going to get him on quickly. But I want to get your take on this, um, Brian, really fast. Um, speaking of the Caps game, Alexander Ovechkin. I just looked up really quickly, and his numbers are just not Ovi-like this year. Is is Are we seeing some regression, or are we seeing age finally yeah. hit hit him? Is, is, is that what's going Father on here? time yeah, has he, caught up to he's, the He's undefeated, eight. but, I mean, <laughs> I is, it, is, is, is this it here? I hope not. Uh, it just he looks at disinterested at, at times. It's okay. not uh, he doesn't look like he's fully there. And maybe he, you know, they were in the mix, and I didn't really give him a chance. Now they haven't. No, their numbers aren't sustainable. If I think they won a game with 15 shots on net. Yeah, yeah. And, um, he needs to score. He has to score for them. And you know, we're all waiting for it. And he's just been so remarkable for so long. So I, I still believe he's gonna go on a tear at some point, but I thought it would have happened by now. We'll see. We'll see. I'm nervous. It's, a, it's It's been a slow start, and as long as he's not scoring against the Rangers, that's always a good thing, even though yeah. they took the loss, but you, you, you'll take those games. But I was just curious about your thoughts. Anyway, uh, we're going to get back into more of the goaltending discussion with the great Larry Brooks. It's coming up next and Up in the Blue Seats. That penalty is, you know, I think it's a horrible call. Um, you know, and they end up scoring on that and putting us back down to it. So, um, yeah, it's what it is. Back on the podcast here, and it's time to welcome in Hockey Hall of Famer, New York Post, great Larry Brooks. And Larry, we've been talking this little Rangers mini rut, uh, some goaltending. You had a great column discussing how, you know, even though the Rangers haven't been playing great in front of him, this is Igor's time to really step up and stand up. Kind of like Hank used to do, you know, hop on my back and he would, he would steal those kind of games that um, you grew to expect from him. Uh, but like you noted, 
franchise goalies don't grow on trees and we've kind of got spoiled with Hank here. Um, with Igor now, since returning, being in a four and five little slump, uh, allowing a little over 3.5 goals per game. Is there any need to be concerned about Igor going forward? To a point, I think, because I, I it, it's difficult because he, he talks so rarely and gives so, you know, he says so little, but but he also reveals so much those times when he does come out. Don't you think, Molly? I'm, mm-hmm. I, you know. It just says a lot about him as a player, I think. There's this boiling, there just seems to be this boiling frustration within him. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist, just a psychologist. I'm, you know, I think probably his mental game needs, need, you know, he needs to work on that as much as his technique, I think. Um, he looks like a, a, a little bit different goalie, certainly, certainly from the player who, debuted in in january 2020 i mean he was just lightning lightning quick across the net left no rebounds and it was like his pads were pillows right and honestly like he absorbed everything and you know i i I cited lundquist in in my column and and we've you know you just mentioned um hank but that was such a contrast that season when 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 Shesterkin came up in the middle of 1920, because at that point, Lundqvist had been leaving a lot of loose pucks around. You know, it, it just became, a, you know, part of his game. And then here came Igor Shesterkin, and there was nothing. I mean, he mm-hmm. swallowed up everything. And, I, you know, I, so I'm not sure. I'm not a goalie coach, um, you know, but, but he looks a little bit different. I, I think his confidence gets shaken a little bit, too. Um, and that I don't think, you know, happened much to Hank, too. Well, you know, listen, Hank was not perfect. And and actually, I recall almost every year, once a year writing, Hank needs to be better. Lundquist needs to be better. You know, you know, this is, you know, this is what they need him for to get him through these. And there was these stretches where he had dips, um, you know, even, you know, even playing behind Brian Boyle, you know, um, but, <laughs> but no, but, but so there were, you know, so it, it's not that this is unique to Shesterkin, except he's, you know, he had a bumpy second year. It was a COVID year. Okay. But he had a bumpy second year. He had a great third year. He didn't have a, you know, he didn't have a fourth year that lived up to his standards last year. Now he's going through this. And so, I'm not exactly sure exactly where he is at this point. Um, the Rangers need him to be better. They they do. They they because they need their goaltending to be able to bail them out. And and any any big time team does. Um, it's it's happened too often the last few weeks. There's no question. This is this is not on Shesterkin, but he also hasn't been able to. He hasn't also been able to get them through these games where they just need somebody in the first period to shut the door and maybe allow them to get a little bit of equilibrium. That's, that's, that's what I see with him. Um, yeah. My, my... Through the year. And, and there was also this line of demarcation where, where he was injured, you know, his first eight games through November mm-hmm. 2nd, he looked, you know, he was great, extremely good. I mean, he, you know, that's I don't not... know if he was at the top of his game, but he was outstanding. Since he's come back, he's he's been you know mediocre at best most of the time. So I'm not sure. Is there a correlation? Maybe I don't know. It was the uh, Timmins 
goal, the long shot from the top of the zone that went through him. It didn't even look like he saw it at all, you know, like not once. And uh, that was a little, that was a, a concerning one for me in the Maple Leafs game. Now, Larry, do you remember when the rare time that Hank would not start twice in a row and we'd have, I mean, it became, it, it, it became such a huge deal. When right, he, there were stories. I remember, like, and you, it, it was a story, so you'd have to write about it. People would comment on it. Well, I, I remember the basic. first time, the first time he didn't start three times in a row when when Cam played during yep. you know during the uh, you know his first year and right. and and Hank um, actually needed to kick it kick it in in gear that year. There's no question about that. And, right, but- and then after 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 uh, after you were gone. When Anti Ranta played four games in a row, because and, I mean Ranta was, he was a, great. evolved into a, just a spectacular backup goalie, mm-hmm. and he ran through this streak where where the streak where I think he had a couple of shutouts and a couple of one goal games, and and Hank actually sat for four straight games, and it was like it was like the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what, what, what was he doing though? He was in the lab with Benny, all there, yeah. their goalie coach, yeah, and. You know, every time it happened, it, I, I refer to the two games in a row because it seemed like that might have happened maybe once a year. Like you said the three games with Cam. Yeah, yeah. He would go in and it would just be him and Benny for a while and then Benny would bring out the shooters and then it would be him and Benny after practice. And then, you know, he was a miserable guy to be around those, yeah. that four or five days. Well, but he, then it was like, okay, we got Hank back. And, you remember, and then that was it. Do you remember how angry he, he was when Torts would play Marty Biron in Montreal because he said he settled the team down? Oh, <laughs> well, that no. was a house of for us for a little while. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, we got into that a little bit with the Hank, Hank's glove and how stiff it was and his mm-hmm. puck moving ability, if you could. If you call it that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that you the know, boards and, in Montreal. You know, I mean, Torts was on to something there. And, and Hank was the reason Hank's a Hall of Famer is because of that mentality. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to play. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, the interesting thing too, that, you know, since, since, you know, we we're, we've, uh, we're demonstrating that Hank is not the perfect man. You know, <laughs> he didn't have much of a sense of humor about his puck handling skills. So to say, honestly, he didn't. It was like, you, you couldn't joke with him about it, or, or at least I know I, I really couldn't. And, and I could joke <laughs> with him about a lot of things. And uh, but that's that is one thing that he he, he didn't find too amusing. <laughs> that was a slow news day amongst us in the in the dressing room. We we might bring it up just because we had won a few in a row or something, and we we're like, let's just start a fire here. <laughs> and we chirp him about something. Yeah. No, but he and again, like I said it before, he was the man. Watching him made me a player, just seeing how hard he worked. But that that's what he did. So I wonder if that's a that's the reset. And everybody's different. Everybody's personality's different. I played with Vasilevsky in Tampa too. Maniac when it wasn't going right. Mm. That's the personality they have that you can't overly criticize it because I think in a lot of ways that's how they got to be so good at a position where you stand by yourself for an hour. And, and on a good team, sometimes you don't get any pucks. So they're already a little bit nuts. Now they have to figure out a way out of it. And there's, they're still back there by themselves and the yeah. microscope is on them. I think that we talked about it, the rushes against the high, high event hockey right now, isn't the best recipe for him. I think you need to really clog it up, make it a slower game. You have enough talent where if you get a couple chances, all you got to do is score more one goal, one more goal than the other team. 
They have enough horses to do it. They have guys, depth guys right now that are playing so well. Mm. So really, Johnny B. Really tighten it up, defend. Johnny B. And that's Johnny, Johnny like, Hockey. <laughs> the Rangers Johnny Hockey. The Rangers Johnny Hockey, yeah. Get it right. No. No, but and and that that was the other thing we were talking about earlier, Larry, is you know, certain guys stepping up, especially Blake Wheeler. Um, arguably best game of uh, the season so far. Um, he was one of the guys that um, I know Brian said it earlier. I remember when we were doing the preview podcast, that was one guy that um, I really liked the signing and I was hoping that he would step up. It seems like he's starting to settle in a little more here now. Um, you know, especially taking over for, um, you know, other injured players, uh, yeah, no, he, he, um, he, he's, he's looked a lot better. I think, uh, the last couple of weeks, he's, he seems to have found his stride. He, you know, he, he looks much faster. He's on the puck much quicker. So, and I agree. Look, I, I, I think I even may have written a couple of times that Wheeler has, had the chance to be the home run signing mm-hmm. of July 1st when you get Blake Wheeler for, you know, eight or eight twenty five, whatever it was. Um, I think eight, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, it, you know, it's a reward, you know, there's no, you know, the, the risk reward is, is a hundred percent skewed the right way. Um, and I think it took him, a, a, you know, it, it, as as you know, Brian talked about, or you know, we talked about Marty San Luis a lot when when he came over after such a long time. That's that's really one of the first times I I was able to see just how difficult to transition it is. Certainly at the trade deadline, but even 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 in the off season, you have Blake Wheeler who'd been in one organization his entire uh, you know his last twelve years or thirteen years. Um, so you know it was going to be an adjustment. I think it's it took a little time. Um, um, you know the, the the Rangers need him too. There's no question about it. They they need production from him. They need him to be a physical presence too because um, they don't have enough of them. They they simply you know don't. And you don't want to ask players to to try and do things they're they're not capable of. So when you have a guy who's big and takes up so much space. And can get in on the puck. You you need him to fulfill that role. He's done think, that. He, yeah. He's done that. He's done yeah. that. And he did it in Winnipeg. But I think the higher profile guys, Larry, like, to your point, it isn't easy because they're used to controlling the room. They're used to, especially if they've been there a long time. You walk into the arena, you know everybody's name. Those are hard things to adjust to. And it didn't end well in Winnipeg. And we don't really know everything that happened in Winnipeg, but I know it didn't end well. Last night was vintage Blake Wheeler, I thought. Mm-hmm. I know he had a couple goals, and sometimes you, when you're feeling it, quote-unquote, or whatever, he's going to try things. But there were stretches in the third where if you'd never watched a game before, you see him flying around the ice. You're, who's that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Why isn't he playing more? And that was he was that guy last night. Yeah, I'm sure if he keeps on, on that trajectory, he'll stay on that first line. But I'm wondering if – we could see first line Jimmy VC mm. in in the near future. He I looked confident like. too entering. Yeah, the I, mean, I think he's looked middle. great. I think it's they, just a matter of like the lineup becomes so much shorter when well, you take it. Jimmy VC off right. the well, fourth exactly line. Right. That's why I don't. I don't think he. You know, Laviolette has talked about not wanting to break up the trocha line. Yeah, I, I, but he certainly doesn't want to break up the Goodrow line. Yeah, you know, he likes that. It's been. It's been very effective for him. And if he moves VC off that line, 
it, it becomes something um, entirely different. Um, but I, th I think Jimmy's playing as well as I've seen him play throughout his yeah, career. He looks He's great. Playing, and, and, and again, it's not unique to him, but he's a player who is fueled by confidence. Yeah. Um, and, and he just, you know, he has so many, and, and I think he's better at this now than, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he's a legit NHL veteran at this point, but he would have these, these dips and, you know, it just took him weeks to get out of, um, which, you know, which kind of spoiled his first day because he had, he had stretches where he played as impressively as he is now, but he was doing it in the top six consistently mm -hmm. in, the top, in the top six. Um, he'd play with um, actually Hayes and, 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 and Zook for a bit. I mean, you know, he, he was a, a legit top six guy. So, you know, and, and just so much of his games is scoring, playing with confidence when he has the puck. And I think we're seeing that now from him. Well, he's added to it, though. Like, that's – and I ran into him a few weeks back, and I just – we talked about he, – he was – everybody wants to play more, and he by no means was complaining anything, but he, he was just like – I'm like, you got to figure out what you can do every night, and then the rest of it will come out. And he – I mean, I think he's done that. Like, he's committed to that role on that line. Everybody wants to play more and score every night. He's committed to that and become a huge part of the team. So I'm, I'm thrilled for him. I just see him – I, you can look at his, I don't know if his body language, but how he looks when he's carrying the puck. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to make a play here. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to, not, not like, I don't want to screw this up. What's my outs? It's like, all right, what 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 can I do to create? What can I do to make a difference right now? I have the puck. And that's that's a huge distinction. That's a hard, It's I guess it's hard for me to describe because I don't know if I did a very good job of it, but that's a big part of what Larry's saying with confidence and and I, and I saw it with Wheeler too. I just he was reacting. He wasn't mm -hmm. where am I supposed to go? He goes, I'm going there, and that's where the puck is. I'm going to go get it. While we're on the fourth line, I feel like we have to address Barkley Goodrow yeah. getting rocked in the face yeah. by a puck, <laughs> spitting out what was what we ultimately found yeah. out was not a tooth and was oh, another oh. part of his mouth yeah. that probably should still be in his mouth, as he described, <laughs> missing only one game and then coming back and not missing a beat. I mean, just first of all, I don't know if you guys watched the video, but he, I said this to Larry, he looks like one of those little puppies that get stung by a bee in the <laughs> mouth and it just like Balloons. blows up yeah. right here. <laughs> But and he's got a ton of stitches, but just what a beast like he did not. He missed. I, and I asked him because I was genuinely wondering, you know, it was a back to back schedule. He missed the first one. And I was like, was it was it a matter of, you know, you could have played, but they were like, it's the back to back. Take us. He was like, no, he was like, I he the way he described it was I had something else going on. So I think he actually had to have some sort of procedure yeah. in his mouth. He's like, I had something else going. He was like, as much as I wanted to have played, I probably couldn't have. But yet, one game, back in the lineup, wearing the full bowl, just, I, I'm. we're not at the start of the week yet, but maybe oh. he's fine. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> well, he brings, he, he does. He brings so much to the team. Yeah, you know, he, you know, he, he does. And, you know, I, he, he's a bottom six player. Um, he can fill in the top six, but he's, you know, he's a bottom six guy. That's, that's his role. But he brings attitude. He, you know, he brings 
Um, he's a hard player. He's a hard edged player. Um, he's a little, he's, he's sneaky mean when he wants to be, he can be really mean. Um, you know, if, if he thinks nobody's watching, and he actually doesn't really much care at times if anyone's yeah. watching, if everyone's watching. Um, he's always there to stand up for a teammate. You know, I, I know there's been a lot of controversy since the day he signed that they. It's just the contract you know, that is big. You know, the, the the cap hit is too much, and you know, you, you generally don't see a guy playing in the bottom six or or the fourth line uh, making three point six. However. You know, I, you know, I, I think they get value commensurate with that. I, re- I honestly do. It doesn't it doesn't always show up on the numbers, but he's I, I think he's in a very, very important guy on this team. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, that's probably not shocking considering the, <laughs> the role I played. But yeah, he is a uh, they identified a need. And I think some people might have thought maybe that's too much term. And it was maybe a few extra bucks that they didn't, people weren't as comfortable spending, but that is what they needed and they got it. And he has been, he's lived up to it. He earned it as a two time Stanley Cup champion. Like, I, I, I don't think that people take that into consideration. You know, Coleman's making five. Yeah. Like his body of work coming here, his resume speaks for itself. You know, yeah. Like you want to, you want to, you know, argue about the dollars and the terms, you know, an expensive fourth liner like that. But he kind of, he earned that. He, he earned what, that what deal. I, yeah. What, what I like too about um, Laviolette is he he gives so much credit to the, to the role guys, to the fourth line. Um, and the way he went out of his way to compliment Goodrow after he came back on Sunday against the Kings was, mm-hmm. you know, was special. I mean, you don't always see that from a coach. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, again, and, and Brian, you know, and can speak to this personally, but, you know, bef- before you got here, when, when Yager was here, he would always make it a point to talk about the fourth line guys. Always, uh, you know, unsolicited. He would talk about, and we have the best fourth line in the league. And, you know, because people wanted to talk about him and, Marty Straka and, you know, and, and, and uh, Marty Rosinski. And, um, you know, he would say, yeah, but don't forget about the fourth line. And that was the, uh, when they had Hallweg or uh, more, and he would always bring it up. And I, and I think that's something that, that the Rangers, um, you know, this Rangers team is really good at too, you know, emphasizing the role players and, and recognizing how important they are. Well, when, when you don't have one, and that gets exposed in this sort of a, a carousel of guys coming in, as opposed to when you do have one that you can rely on. You know, it's a different team in a lot, a lot of cases. Now, that we felt the love from our teammates when we were an effective team. Like when it was me, Preston, and Fedotenko, like we were kind of our third line because the fourth line was more heavyweights. We had that going on. Fourth but line we never played. <laughs> we, were, we were effectively the, you know, we were that, we were that same role. And then with, yeah. with, and then with Dom Moore and either Carcillo or Dorset, it was the same thing. Mm, and we, we were we were appreciated by <laughs> our teammates. We knew that. And I don't care what you say to me if you're the coach. Just when it matters, and I know I'm supposed to be going out there, put me out there, and then I'll I'll know you appreciate me because <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to fluff me up, butter me up. Just <laughs> just get me on the ice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Love me up, butter me up. I like it. <laughs> confidence is key, and and you know, confidence will be key moving forward for the Strangers team to get out of this little rut we got here. Larry, as always, we appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks. Enjoy it. Thanks. Liquids for a month, yeah. so it's uh, um, just trying to figure out how to get protein and everything I need uh, in a different form. Other And that'll put a bow on episode 136 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. But before we end the show completely, we got to dish out some stars. Spoiler, let's go to you first, since we already kind of heard who Molly's might have been. Who was your number one star, Molly? Uh, I was debating two guys, but uh, I'll take... They're both older veterans. I'm going with Wheels. Blake mm-hmm. Wheeler yeah. looked like a man possessed, even in the loss. And... You gotta give credit where it's due. No, that was vintage Blake Wheeler, man. Flying, creating. He can be such a weapon for them down the stretch. Give him at the wheels. Just curious who's the runner up, because I'm gonna make my own rules. Johnny Quick beat him. Very valid, very valid. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh with Barkley Goodrow. I just think he's an absolute warrior for coming back, missing one game and just jumping right back in the lineup after getting his mouth absolutely rocked by a puck. <laughs> just <laughs> and spitting out a part of his jaw, which uh Twitter really loved my phrasing on that one. <laughs> phrasing, pause. Good two stars right there. Quickie obviously deserves to be a runner-up. Uh, I'm going to give my third star to the bread man again. Pernerin uh, notched his 700th career point in his 617th career game. Six fastest to reach that among active NHL leaders, skaters, leaders. Um, so hats off. High kick to Artemi Panarin. <laughs> One last thing before uh, I do the, the, the traditional rap. Uh, we didn't talk about it because it got released and we were not around. Thoughts on the third kit. I mean, mm. Brian, you, you played in, in probably one of my favorite kits of all time, the 2012 uh, Cream Winter Classic with the, the, the old school crest. But what are our thoughts on the, the, the new third kit this year? Uh, I mean, I really liked them. I might be in the minority, but I, I really liked them. It's a big whatever emblem or the shield. Crest. The yeah, crest. crest. Yeah, crest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. I like them. I just, I like them. <laughs> it's hard to screw up that those colors in that uni for me. I did like the navy New York ones that we wore. At City Field Winter Classic. I, I love those. Yeah, we did the 85, 85 oh, the, ones. Oh, the 85 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The navy blue kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have the Winter Classic. I have the Stadium Series. I have the Traditionals. The Traditionals actually one of two jerseys I have pinned up in the house. I didn't do it. My wife did during the basement. <laughs> I don't really. But uh, yeah, like I, I like them. I like it. I keep going. Give me more. The white one, though. I saw I saw it real quick. I saw the white one with, with Gretzky wearing it with Lady Liberty. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that one. Oh. The beauty. I'm such a Lady Liberty stan. I, I just think it's so yeah. vintage. It's so unique. I, I, I have a... Actually, I might have it here. Should Lady I, Liberty. Should, should I see if I have it? <laughs> Go see if you have uh, it. You see I'm, I'm going to grab it real I'll quick. Give, I'll give my take. I, look, I... I I like the third kit. I, I'm not crazy about the, the logo right there. It, it gives me a lot of uh, practice jersey vibes. That's the only yeah, thing where I like. I can I, see I, that. I mean, it's just, oh, see, that's that's a classic. See, I, uh, yeah, no. See, I like the new one better than that. You like the new one better? I so never I, really liked those. I didn't like the navy with that. But Brian, I respectfully disagree with that take. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I mean, are this, you not a Lady Liberty guy, Brian? I, I'm just saying facts here. Facts. This right. is, this is. 
This is timeless. That's, if you're pra- that's me. practice jersey. I know, but still, just, I'm just talking that's Merrick, about that is Merrick about Malik. Chris. Oh, look, uh, Merrick my, Malik between the legs. My, oh, my oh, take. Uh, that's that. That's what I think of. That's my fair. take on these jerseys. I, the color is great. I, I think the navy looks the clean. Sleeves, it looks slick. Yeah. yeah. I love the stripe design yeah. on the side. The nod to New York City. The fact that it looks like the garden cut co- like colors on the outside of the arena. The moving traffic. I love that, and I think it looks great. The crest is massive. I agree. That's big. The crest is too big, if you're asking square me. footage. It's just, it <laughs> takes up the whole thing, and it's just one big square, kind of, and it's so <laughs> close to the letters, too. The way that Truba's C looks like... C is like... Kind of, it's, no, yeah. it's, like, it's like propped on top of the crest. Yeah. It's just like sitting on top of it. And I just feel like it looks strange because I feel like there should be some space. But that's my only quarrel with it is just that it's it, the crest is a little bit too big for me. But everything else, love it. Still think it'll look good and... That's that's my name. <laughs> Real quick though, what's a, so is that is kit? Is that what they call it? Is that a new thing that? They no, call? I think that's just an Andrew thing. That's what? isn't a kit in uh, soccer. I had no, I had no. no idea a kit is in please. soccer, isn't but, it? They're hockey sweaters. I don't, I don't know. It's Go on. Sweaters, sweaters, well, well, or yes, they're, they're, they're jerseys. I, I don't know what Fanatics has it listed as. If, it, if, it, if it's a third jersey, it's the third definitely kit. not kit. I'm telling you, it, it can't right. be kit. Andrew, I wasn't chirping you. I, I honestly thought that was like. A, but you should. I've, I've, you chirped him for the now. for the manager and. Uh, well, you can't the say clubhouse. baseball terms. And the well, clubhouse. Let's talk about Otani. Let's talk about We've got we've got managers. We got clubhouse, and we've got kit. So. Yeah. I think that's worth the chirp. It's jerseys or sweaters for listen, hockey. Come listen, on. Listen. <laughs> it's an it's an alternate right. jersey. There you go. There you for go. For the record, for the, the record. jerseys are better than the old Lady Liberty. Okay, Brian, get out of here. Molly tripping. <laughs> I think we can all agree though that <laughs> this the, the traditional blue with the Rangers across that's that's timeless. So yeah. I'm just just gonna throw that out there. So is Lady Liberty. So, but okay. that's just me. We can debate that for another day. Uh, until then, uh, as always, many thanks to Jake Brown for helping to produce the show. Uh, and, of course, the intern, Mason Perdicchio, for helping up as well. Oh, this is your final week, Mason. Didn't even realize, dude. Well, well appreciate all the luck. Thanks, uh, Mason. Um, best of luck up at Syracuse. Yeah, you, you've been a great force to us, and uh, hopefully you're rooting uh, for the Rangers up in Syracuse as you finish up there. Uh, you can catch up on all episodes of the podcast by subscribing to Up in the Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching us right now on the New York Post Sports YouTube page, give us a thumbs up and a like below. Comment. What are your thoughts on the third jersey? Kit. There you go. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Is it jersey? jersey. Is it kit? Is it sweater? Do you like Lady Liberty? Or are you in Brian's boat where it's, uh, it's, a, it's a practice kit? Jersey. Uh, you can also Get follow us on here. Twitter at Molly Walker. That's two E's and two R's. Brian Rouse, 22, and, and myself, Andrew Hartz, with no E. For Brian Boyle, Larry Brooks, Molly Walker, I'm Andrew Hartz. Happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners. That is, that's right, it's Hanukkah. My gosh, it's, it's crazy how fast it's coming up. Uh, to all those who celebrate, we are back for another episode of the podcast next week. Keep tuning in, keep liking, keep subscribing. We'll talk to you then. Later.